welcome to Reframe and Rewire Greatness Through Daily Routine. This podcast is designed to alter your mindsets and transform your day-to-day from the second you open your eyes to you close them at night, adapting what I would call a success routine. This series is liable to change your life. And it's never the big things that you do, but the littlest things you do every day that make the biggest difference. And now, on to the podcast. Thank you for joining. Welcome back to the podcast. It's a joy to have you again on Reframe and Rewire. And today, I am super excited. I've got a special guest that we're going to introduce today as we talk about how to win in 2024. So buckle in because this is going to be a great ride together. I'd encourage you to not only listen, but take some notes because Steven Seiler is with us today and Steven Seiler has a lot to share with us. I had the privilege of being on his podcast recently, uh, Music for the Soul. And um, I just want to give a short introduction. I think you're going to be amazed here. He's an award-winning songwriter, video producer, and music producer. He's also a speaker, author, and the founder and director of Music for the Soul. Through his work through Music for the Soul, he has been called the father of the healing Christian movement. As a songwriter, Siler has had over 500 of his songs recorded in the Christian pop and country markets. Nominated for multiple Dove Awards, Siler won Inspirational Song of the Year, which was called I Will Follow Christ, Circle of Friends also, and then not too far from here. Those are all the best known of his nine number one contemporary Christian songs for the 45 top singles. Now, before I finish with this introduction, I just want to say this man has transformed lives. In fact, I just talked to one of my most recent clients. Um, she is, uh, she's got chronic PTSD. And I worked with her for about a year. And uh, and she said to me that, you know, because I mentioned Stephen Siler was coming on my podcast, and she said to me that her life began to change because of his song ministry. Now, this woman has been through the most awful, horrific things you can imagine. So I, again, hope you listen to the rest of this. Let's finish out this wonderful introduction. As a speaker, Siler has appeared at the National Center on Sexual Exploitation Summit the National Right to Life Convention, and the American Association of Christian Counselors, among many others. Seiler is the author of three books, The Praise and Worship Devotional, Music for the Soul, Healing for the Heart, Lessons from a Life in Song, and 23, Reflections Inspired by Psalms 23, one of my favorite psalms as well. So without further ado, it's a joy and a pleasure to have you, Stephen. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me today. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. All right. So my first first thing I want to start out with is please start us out by sharing one testimonial that stands out from your work above all else. Uh, I think for me, just so astonishing. Uh, I had an invitation to attend somebody's wedding uh, out of state from a man uh, who had been helped by one of our projects. It was the project Somebody's Daughter, A Journey to Freedom from Pornography. And he had been in danger of losing his marriage and his family and his business and his life just totally turning upside down. And he credited that project with saving his family. And so when his daughter was getting married, he called and said, I'd like to fly you down and have you at at my daughter's wedding, because if you had not come into my life, I, I probably wouldn't be welcome at this event. And that's how I found myself on a plane to Orlando, Florida and attending the wedding of somebody I did not know. And, you know, sitting at the table of honor, it's like, okay, this is interesting. 
Uh, and of course, he's become a lifelong friend. And and so that's the kind of stuff you can't even know to uh, to wish for <laughs> when you start something like this, right? So it's it's been a joy to see over and over again the, the places that uh, God has taken me that I had no idea to even wish for, like I said. That is an incredible story. I love that. And what a wonderful thing to do to actually be able to, you know, go out there and be with him and be a part of such a big event in his life. That yes. speaks volumes. Thanks for sharing that, Steve. Sure, sure. So how do you define winning? What's your definition? Well, it's it's kind of interesting because I, I've had the opportunity to teach at a lot of uh, songwriting seminars over the years. And I, you know, I know that what they're there for, they want to get songs on records. They want to have songs on the radio. They, they want, you know, awards and such. And I said, you know, my definition of success is I don't have to wear a necktie and I can wake up anytime I want. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know, and I know that's probably not that inspiring for some people, but I think the real answer is, is being paid to do something you love and also have it make a difference in other people's lives. I think that that is the best it gets. That, that's a win I, for me. I would have to 100% agree with you on that. Although the first part's fun too. But, <laughs> but the and second I really part, mean that. <laughs> right? But the second part is definitely where you hit me in the heart because that's mm. my passion for what I do as well. So awesome. Mm. So people often talk about creativity in terms of being inspired. What role does inspiration play in winning? Well, to me, the interesting thing, somebody said this to me when I was just starting out in my my career, and they said, you know, if inspiration strikes and you're on the golf course, it's not going to do you much good. So that to me is about uh, doing the work, is about preparation, uh, perseverance, uh, doing something you're passionate about. And if you invest in that, uh, treat it like a job and it'll pay you like a job, somebody else said to me one time. And I thought, wow, that's really good. It was my wife, I think, before we were married, who said, uh, we were just dating, and she said, hey, this songwriting thing, is it a hobby or do you plan to make a living at it at some point? Which really <laughs> transformed the way I approached it, right? So inspiration is great. And if you pour yourself into something you're passionate about, inspiration will show up, I promise you. But the main thing is that it won't do you much good if you're not applying yourself in ways that that, that hone your craft and make you able to, to communicate your value to people. So, so true. Uh, you know, and I like to refer to it as intentionality. Yes. I mean, you have inspiration, which... Mind you, this is something we talked about when we were together on your podcast is, you know, inspiration can get that dopamine going, you know, right? Yes, yes. The dopamine that hits the brain and gives you that excite, uh, you know, and, and it, it just hits your neurons and it helps you to start thinking more creatively, it opens mm -hmm. up uh, the, the whole gamut of what could be, you know, right, and, right. and then once you get that going, then you've got to actually start, get a pen in hand and start writing out a plan of action and, and then carry it out with discipline, mm -hmm. accountability, whatever it takes. And it sounds like that's mm -hmm. what you've done for sure with all of the accolades and the and the accomplishments and i know you you don't care about that so much you care about the people that you're touching but you're right it does takes it takes some serious discipline it takes you know pushing forward and meeting those markers in order to reach the right audience so i applaud you thank you uh i think the visual that comes to mind and i and i've shared this often is when you're doing the work on the front end of course you have these dreams that you have set before you and you're doing the work and and you're putting it all in one end of this funnel and nothing's coming out the other end. 
And that can be discouraging. But what happens is as you continue to move forward and put more and more in, more and more investment, eventually at the other end of that funnel, something will plop out and you go, hey, look at that. And then something else will plop out. You go, wow, look at that. And it's it's building upon that. And and there's nothing like having some of the work that you've done uh, result in, we'll say success, for lack of a better word, results, right, that helps you stay the course and, and uh, become more inspired to continue to do the hard work. So true. So true. You remind me of the story of the bamboo tree. Have you ever heard that? Yes. You have? Would you like to share it? No, uh, you know what? I... <laughs> I'm probably remembering the wrong story because <laughs> I'm remembering this story about the kid with the pancakes. That's probably oh, okay. a good story. <laughs> well, that's like a good story too. You no, you tell yours because I think okay, yours okay. is probably more on point. <laughs> All right. So the bamboo tree is actually a tree that when you put a seed in the ground, you have to wait about four to five years yes. to yes. anything. Yes. And, but but you still have to nurture it. You have to water it. You have to make sure the soil is taken care of, that you cut away any weeds or anything that's shadowing the sunlight. You've got to care for this tree long term with seeing no results. But in that fourth or fifth year, if you've yeah. done all those things and you stayed diligent with it and you haven't given up, that tree will grow as much as three to four feet every day. And you can literally watch it sprouting yes. out of the ground yes. to as high. I think it's like 90 feet tall. Yes. It's enormous. And that's really what success is. It's the little things you do every day that make the biggest difference, which is what I always say in the introduction of the podcast. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so great. That's, that's awesome. So I think we're on the right track here in terms of winning in 2004. Let me ask you another question. Um, so what would you say the most important attributes are in winning? most important attributes i think the first one is is showing up <laughs> uh, a friend of mine once said to me you can't win if you're not in the game mm -hmm. and you know and i that really resonated for me as a lifelong baseball fan you know you can't hit a home run if you're not even in the ballpark so right. you, you got to show up you got to show up and I, I and i think uh, for me as a christian along with showing up is prayer mm -hmm. uh you know making sure that you're committing your plans to the Lord and seeking God's guidance. Um, I think another thing that's really important is, is being teachable. Uh, that's, that's something that I think is, can be hard sometimes for um, creatives because we feel like, you know, we've been given this gift and, and we have this vision and we know, we know what it's supposed to be. And I think sometimes that can make us resistant to input, thinking that people are going to kind of knock us off the mark with their idea of what should be. But I, but I think we should always take in new information and process it. And you can discard what doesn't work for you. But I think continuing to learn at any age is really, really, really important. So yeah, that, that being teachable is huge. My wife once said something to me that I thought was brilliant and it, and it really helped me. And I say it a lot. And that is, uh, I was negotiating a publishing deal. And I was very worried about, you know, getting this contract that I really, really wanted. And I was I was already on this staff and it was a renewal situation. Are they going to keep me? Are they going to renew me? You know, are they going to give me a raise? All that stuff. And my wife one day just said to me, just be the person they're glad to see every morning. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, I can do that. 
That is so good. What a great boy. If everybody could follow that advice, huh? Yes. And I've really <laughs> carried that with me. And when I don't know what else to do, I can be kind. I can be a good listener. You know, I can be present for people, uh, you know, all those kinds of things that we can all do if we just take the time to do them. And, and then if that's the case, then the rest of it seems to just kind of work out. And, and that kind of ties into the idea of attitude. Uh, I think that it, our attitudes are so important and really they are the only thing that we can control. Can't control other people's decisions or behaviors. Uh, we have this illusion that we can control stuff, but we can't control the economy or the government. Or I mean, there's just a whole bunch of the weather, right? Oh, yeah, the weather. <laughs> you had to mention but, that. <laughs> but we can control our our attitude and our response to things. So I think that that's yes. a really important part of it. Yes, yes, and yes. And and uh, I'm reminded of the quote by Maya Angelou is, uh, you know, people won't remember what you said. They'll remember how you made them feel. Yes. I think that's mm -hmm. so, so powerful. Um, mm -hmm. And on that same tangent, uh, Theodore Roosevelt said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. So there really mm -hmm. is a lot to be said for that. And I, I, I'm also reminded of the, the story that Zig Ziglar used to tell quite often about the 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 restaurant worker that in a cafe that he typically frequented um, in his days. And uh, she was always just crabby and everybody just seemed to avoid her. One day he challenged her for one week just to think about everything she's grateful for and mm -hmm. write it down, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and she came back or he came back actually to visit her and he had made her a promise that he was going to tip her a certain amount. I don't even remember exactly what the promise was, but something or other he was going to do for her. And so she did keep this commitment. She came back and she said, Oh, I'm so glad to see you. She goes, you, you're not going to believe this. She said, I, up until up until just recently, I couldn't I couldn't get along with anybody. Everybody was just so nasty to me. But mm -hmm. now everybody's changed for some reason. So what's the difference here? Right, right. She's changed is the difference. She's right? changed. And a lot mm -hmm. of times we overlook, you know, those things. Mm -hmm. And gratitude is so therapeutic. And it's, it's mm -hmm. one of the number one things that can literally not only transform how you think and how you treat others, Mm -hmm. but how you feel about yourself, your yeah. confidence level, and it literally shifts your physiology. Yes. So th this is all, you're right, attributes uh, that you're mentioning are so important. I think that, you know, the more that we can gear ourselves towards making an impact in the lives around us, like you shared, the more difference we can make. Well, the thing I think all these things have in common is that they're other-centered. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. So they take us out of our out of ourselves and our own little world where we can have doubts and fears and questions and you know beat ourselves up and all that self-talk that's negative it just takes you out of that which opens things up uh, one of my friends said what to me one time uh just look for one good thing every day if you look for one good thing every day you'll always find it Absolutely. so i wrote one good thing on a post-it and i slapped it on the inside of my office door so i would see it every time i was going out of the door and it's so funny because you know how post-its the, the stuff wears off and they fall on the floor yeah yeah that post-it remained in place for over five years. Wow. Thought, this is clearly a message that God wants me to hang yeah, on to. For sure. and, and what I have found is that if you look for one good thing, you can find it before you even get out of your pajamas. And as my dad always used to say, uh, I woke up breathing again today. You know, right? So there's one. But if you start looking for one good thing every day, what you'll find is two, five, 10, 20, and before long, you realize that how grateful you you are or should be for your your circumstances, even when they're hard. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's so true. And we can always find that one good thing, no matter what position we're in in life. I'm curious, uh, was your dad an inspiration to you at all in terms of where you wound up? Well, I would say my dad had what I would call common sense wisdom. Mm -hmm. uh, here's an example. Don't worry about what people think. Uh, they're going to think what they want to think. Just do the right thing. Do what you know is right and let, let other people's thoughts take care of themselves. And that was very freeing. And sometimes in my life, I know that's been perceived as arrogance by others that I quote unquote don't care what other people think or that I have, my wife calls it, uh, uh, that I have, you know, like steel self-esteem. It, it's not really that because I do care about what people think, but I think confidence can sometimes be perceived as arrogance, you know? And so I think arrogance is, is truly, you know, when some, when you're thinking I'm better than you. I'm better than you, and, and I, I don't need you. I can just run over you because I know the answers, and I've got this, and get out of my way. Confidence is knowing I've done the work, I'm prepared, I'm ready, I'm good at what I do, and I'm going to step out and, and overcome my fears and share what I've got to share. Absolutely. But you have an authentic heart, Steve. And when you have that authenticity combined with that confidence, it'll never come across as arrogance. And and I think, you know, going back to what you said a moment ago, you're so right. We need to be who we are. We need to be the best version of ourselves. Yes. And then that authenticity will shine through. And then confidence is something that draws people rather than repels them. Mm -hmm. As opposed to arrogance combined with uh, narcissism or um, with, you know, yes. uh, tendencies to to be only self-consumed. And you mentioned that earlier. And, and interestingly, people that uh, decide that it's all about them and they're worried, maybe not even in a bad way. Maybe they're doing that because they're afraid and they're scared that someone's mm -hmm. going to you know hurt them again or damage them again. But yeah. what that does, instead of what they would prefer to have somebody, you know, maybe come alongside them or, or compliment them or be there for them or maybe get that promotion, right? Instead, mm -hmm. it has the reverse effect. Whereas when we give and give and, and, and then, you know, just be authentic in ourselves, that's mm -hmm. when we see the shift and the change, not only in who we attract, but how we attract it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think, uh, you know, when, when you're other focused, uh, that there's a spirit of generosity going on there. And, yeah. uh, you, and I heard somebody once say, you can't outgive God. And yeah. I think we're designed to be givers. And everything in our culture says, you know, hoard, accumulate, hoard, you know, make more money. Uh, because if you don't, you know, then you're not going to have what you need. And so everybody gets into this fear mode, yeah. which turns us inward. So I yeah. think that just that idea of being able to turn outward and understand the more the more we give, the more yeah. will come our way. It's, it's almost counterintuitive. It is. It, it is counterintuitive. So we've got to, you know, kind of reframe and rewire, right? <laughs> yeah, I've got a book here that says something about that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You know, it's so true though. We're constantly having to reframe how we're thinking. And 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 I think the biggest problem we're seeing in today's world is people don't pull back enough to think about what they're thinking about. They're just not. They're yeah. just react, 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 react. Yeah. Yes. And then they're yes. wondering why this disaster keeps happening, right? So we've yeah, got to think about what we're thinking about. It that's an interesting thought because it, you're right. We we get up and the day just starts flinging stuff at us. And it all feels urgent and and just the tyranny of of yeah. the daily tasks can keep us from from sitting down and thinking about stuff. I remember one man that I met who on his business card he had his name and underneath it the word thinking. And what he was selling people is 
I will think with you about what you're going through. And I thought, wow, this man has made a six. Hey, I mean, he was in a high rise office building in Atlanta with a staff. And I thought this man has made a career out of thinking. Maybe I should do more of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'd like to kind of cap that part of the conversation off by another Zig Ziglar quote. Um, You can have anything in life you want if you help enough others get what they want. And I truly mm. believe that to be true, which is mm-hmm. exactly what we just mm-hmm. talked about. So, okay, so uh, what? How do you feel about the idea that things work best when a partnership is a win-win? And that—that's sort of a piggyback from what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. What I've come to to define in our work is there's there's no, there's three wins because assuming that you are in your business because you want to add something meaningful to the world, you want to serve people, you want to create something that moves everybody forward, and that I do as well, we might have different lanes or different targets that we're aiming for in that in that win. And we've come to a place where we believe that working together will serve both of us to achieve our goal of winning. If we do that, there's a third winner, and that's the people we wish to serve. So I look for win, win, win. I love it. Is us coming together going to mean that the people we both want to serve are going to get what they need? And if that's the case, then let's roll up our sleeves and and do some work together. It might be that we're just really aiming at two such different things that that's not what's going to happen. So, But I think if we keep our eye on the end user uh, for both of our interests, that that's when real winning happens. That is phenomenal. And what a great way to end this podcast. Um, I, I want to thank you again, Steve, for, for joining me today. This has been very sure. valuable. I'm sure the audience will love it. Um, this is a global audience, so, you, so we're going to see how we can affect the world, and that's really always my goal. And, and even if it's just one of us, we can make a big difference, and I think that's a big piece to the winning in 2024 is just mm-hmm. doing the part that you can, being authentic with yourself, all those things we talked about. So ge- I genuinely appreciate, again, all that you've shared today. I want to thank everyone uh, for for being on the podcast. Stephen, would you, uh, before we close out, share how people can find you and then we'll get that plugged into the podcast information. Okay, sure. Uh, musicforthesoul.org is our website and that's all spelled out. Uh, M-U-S-I-C-F-O-R-T-H-E-S-O-U-L. Believe it or not, some people say S-O-L-E. Uh, so musicforthesoul.org and it, you can reach out to me from there. Awesome. Okay. Sounds great. I will get that in writing and put it on the podcast. So uh, thank you again, audience, for joining us today. We will have more coming up on how to win in 2024. Hope you'll join us next time. In the meantime, reframe and rewire. Keep reaching higher. 